Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Unpack your knives and stay. Yes, stay. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Top Chef Hop Up. I'm Haley Strong. I'm here, as always, because you cannot get rid of me. Um, sorry to those haters, but they stopped listening three years ago. Kurt Clark, you're here. What's up? <laughs> yeah, uh, not much. Just uh, enjoying enjoying life and trying to get through the rain that's been hitting the Midwest for the past uh, week or so. You still like me, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah thanks, oh yeah. my God, that was not committed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me think. Yeah. I'll get your answer by the end of the episode. Okay. Well, Tanya. Hi. What's up? You know, just like chilling hanging out how's uh, six been oh my gosh such a roller coaster that like kurt's already face bombing well yeah because we've been talking about it in our group chat but you <laughs> he's, he hasn't been talking about it. it yeah oh that's great yeah um, well yeah by the time you will have listened the the women's team will have been chosen that happens tonight and i am like beyond excited i can't wait for some gymnastics so yeah and I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it tonight. So you no should. Spoil, so no spoilers, or you can spoil me. I really don't I, mind. Yeah, I can't spoil you. It hasn't happened. Um, and but we're not here alone. No, 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 my friends. We have a special guest, very special, best friend of the podcast, star of Top Chef, star of not guys' grocery games, but I love the show, and I can't quite. Tur- what is tournament, tournament of Champions? Barbecue Brawl, and had a feature it in one of my Food Network magazines where I got to look at her kitchen. Brooke Williamson. Hi. How are you doing? That was quite the intro. Thank you. Well, you deserve it. <laughs> you do a lot, so um, and best friend of the podcast. That's amazing. Well, that yeah, maybe the best yeah. part. So you come at least once a season, so I, I would say that catapults you to best friend status. I love it here. This is a great place to be. Somewhere, Jim <laughs> is typing an angry tweet. <laughs> I think I, I think Jay called Jim the best friend of the podcast too. Everyone who shows up. Every season, best friend of the podcast. You can have multiple best friends. Yeah. I firmly believe that. That's true. That's true. It's not a person. Yeah. It's a tier. I've said that <laughs> since seventh grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've had like multiple of those best friend necklaces that like put together. Yeah, I wear them all at the same time. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be in my top nine on MySpace. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> all right, what was Daddy. your background song? I need to know what your background song was. Oh gosh, I don't even remember anymore. I actually don't. A couple 
like a year and a half ago, I downloaded the MySpace app because I was just amazed that was a thing. Uh, and then I immediately deleted it because it just made me feel sad. You were embarrassed. I was embarrassed. Yeah. I think mine was Behind Hazel Eyes by Kelly Clarkson. Oh, that's so much cooler than Sexy Back. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't have my space. Yeah. So, <laughs> you I don't get know. It, you're I better than just, us. No, <laughs> I think I, that's just a thing I missed. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, it wasn't, it was, it burned uh, hot in the pan to use a cooking mm-hmm. term. Hot flash in the pan, hot pan flash, hot flash pan. Pan. Flash in the pan. Flash in the pan. Well, Brooke, welcome to the chaotic <laughs> the Top Chef podcast since Josh, Mike, and Emily have abandoned us. <laughs> Lovingly abandoned us. You know, they, they had to like level up at some point. <laughs> they put me in charge and that was a huge mistake. Or wherever, the best decision ever. Wherever I land, chaos reigns. Where did they? Where did they go? Did they, they have, have a place to be? They're big <laughs> with their real lives. If oh, you they had real life things. Yeah, yeah, they 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 have like you know like kids and kittens to take care of and kids I, and kittens. They were like, I can't spend an hour with you guys once a week. That's way too much work. Yeah, basically. I hear that all the time. So. Like probably, <laughs> yeah. Once once the world started sort of returning to normal, they were like, "Oh, we actually have to get back to our jobs now." Like, love you, and we love them greatly. Still, don't worry, we love them. We love them dearly. They keep us updated. So, Brooke, what have you been up to this year? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Just hang out. Just like a very cash time for everyone. You guys, this has been like the busiest year of my whole life. It's very strange. You know, during that time when everybody was like. God, I'm so bored. I'm making bread every day and using using up all my bananas for banana bread and then making sourdough and then making pancakes and then making lunch and then making dinner. And I was like, oh, my God, I've never worked so hard in my whole life. <laughs> I'm so jealous of all of your I mean, I'm, I, I, I speak to that lightly, but um, sorry, my ear pod fell out. Um, no, it's been it's been quite a year. And I will say there were months where. I um, was in town, which was great. Uh, and it was, you know, just focusing on keeping my one restaurant that I have left open and alive and some employees employed. And it was it was nice not to have to leave my city for a while. Um, and then when production went back, I think Top Chef was the first production I did um, during the pandemic, it was, it was like full speed ahead, you know, because everybody was watching TV and then all the, all the content was used up Yeah, and people were like, there's nothing left to watch. And that's still mostly true. I mean, yes, but, but we're working real hard to get you guys new content. (laughs) We're excited. (laughs) I think I speak for all of us when we were thrilled and also, like, not expecting that we were going to get a, a, a season of Top Chef this year. Um, and I think it's been just a really brilliant season. I've cried many times. Um, that's normal, but I have cried so many times. It, and it felt, it felt like home to, to watch this season. It was really, really nice. The, ca- the cast was absolutely phenomenal. And I'm so excited to kind of get your on-the-ground takes of, of what's been happening at least the last three episodes that you've yes, been there. And maybe sure. even before that you heard rumors about 
from the other people there. Yeah, Tell us all about the trauma bonding, which is essentially <laughs> what this season was for the chefs. Like they, they did this in the middle of a global freaking pandemic. And, and that's why they're so close. And, and it surround it. Like everyone's from an industry that guy hit the hardest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I will say they also just, you know, as a little bonus, they all got their own hotel rooms. So there was that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like they didn't have to live with anybody. Yeah. They, no got this season. they didn't have to share a bathroom. I mean, I will say that that is definitely a bonus that's that if you're if you are going to shoot a show during a global pandemic, that is the one bonus that I huh. feel like they got. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think the chefs bond every season. Uh, but I think that they're the the obvious circumstances made for a, a really sort of close, tight group. And I and I think that there are certain seasons that have had that regardless. Uh, I you know I still talk to almost everybody that was on season fourteen, uh, and it's you know been what six years since we shot that show. But mm. uh, but yeah, no, they were a great group of people. I was actually involved. Oh, I just remembered. I just remembered the thing that I wanted to talk about. Nobody's going to have any idea what I'm talking about right now. They don't um, ever. It's fine. <laughs> um, you guys were two of these pod- podcasts ago. You guys were talking about casting and how you felt like the casting was great. And whoever did the casting this season was, you know, I got to say, you know, I was involved in casting. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and, um, you know, I video chatted with every single one of the chefs and, and you know, an additional 30 uh, who made the final sort of top cut of of this season. And it was really um, it was really lovely to see to see all these people who I was slightly invested in, you know, before the show even started shooting and to sort of see how far they made it and, and where they came came in at the end because I was only there for the last four episodes. So, but I wasn't walking in blindly to who these people were. I kind of already knew their backgrounds and and who they were because I was, I was part of the final casting. That's really cool. Since you had that kind of that preview of like, at least who was going to be there at the starting line, you know, was there, was there anybody that you were a little bit surprised had not gone further than they did? You know, just based on based on who, not not knowing the story necessarily of how they got there, but just seeing who the final was it the final five were. We, well, technically, because you were there for also the last chance last last chance kitchen episode as well. Yeah. So, what, what, I guess not even, but more broadly, what were some of the surprises that you kind of walked into in terms of just what that current state was? Um, let's see here. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I kind of never have any expectations. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that surprises me anymore. <laughs> Who did you know was going to be an absolute star in casting? Um, I felt like Shoda had mm-hmm. a lot of potential. Um, I also really thought, and and I still think she is, and I don't think that that anybody is not an absolute star because they didn't make it to the final five. But um, Sarah was someone who I really had had big dreams of making it to the finale Um, just because of not just partially because of like her, where she lived and her experience and how she spoke about food in her interview. Uh, She seemed very sort of um, 
food nerdy in a great way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had big dreams of shipping those two contestants as well, Shoda and Sarah. So we're, yeah, we're very into into the Shoda and Sarah fanfic. Yeah, they're they're, <laughs> they're great together. Oh, they're um, great together. Oh, they're oh, great together. Oh, oh. No, not in like <laughs> we know, we know, we know. <laughs> Confirmed. Confirmed. Um, but and also um Sasha, I thought that Sasha was gonna go really far. Um I knew Sasha. She was she was actually, I think, maybe the only chef that I personally knew. Huh. Um, she was Bruce Kalman's chef. I was, was going to say, I was like, oh, unlike Bruce, who knew everyone. <laughs> no, she worked for Bruce. That's and, so funny. Um, and so I've known her for years. And I really thought, I really thought she'd make it to the finale, too. And I think that, you know, they both, like all of them, had the potential to get there. Uh, I loved, oh, God, I'm blanking on his name. Who was the first guy that got eliminated? Oh, um, barbecue, the barbecue. Yeah, guy. who also worked, like, at Chez Panisse. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's in the spreadsheet. Uh, Roscoe. Roscoe. Yeah. I mean, he worked for Rodney Scott and and Alice Waters. How, like, mm-hmm. weird and wonderful is yeah. that? Breath of yeah. It was, like, it seemed like just the most genuinely nice person yeah. ever as well. Yeah. Um, tell us like what it was like participating in that black box challenge with Don. Uh, <laughs> like the 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 very first time that you came back. Um, yeah. <laughs> the first episode, they were like, "All right, get to work." Again. They literally threw me into the fire. And was, was, that, and was that because nobody came back from Last Chance Kitchen? Yeah. So okay. that was uh, not okay. a that was not a planned situation. Yeah, Last Chance didn't end up <laughs> mattering so much this year, Kitchen. Yeah, I I definitely had some regrets about not bringing somebody back from Last Chance Kitchen for a moment. Um, and I, you know, they told us all to bring our knives, you know, in, in the event that we potentially oh. may cook. So we all had our knives, every chef there, like, and most of, most of the chefs actually ended up cooking at some point, um, <clears throat> whether it be for like whatever you've you've seen the show would you have um, rather done a black box challenge or cook somebody's recipe um as terrifying and difficult and crazy as that black box challenge was um it was a lot of fun and i i will say i might have felt differently had i not done well <laughs> yeah your palate is just like 10 for 10 like you knew what the everything in there was i think with the exception of the pistachios which don got immediately and the pumpernickel breadcrumbs uh i mean i was there were so many ingredients in that dish that like it it blew my mind i i looked at padma and she was like this is the hardest quick fire ever and i was like you're telling me yeah you know how many ingredients were on that plate like and i and i had to I had like a minute to taste it basically. Right. And and fix it, quote unquote. You had like what, three minutes, five minutes? Five. Yeah. But and but it's they said like you have five minutes to taste and fix, but like at that point you have to be plating. There's no time yeah. to fix anything. Yeah. There's only time to like look at it and say, okay, visually this should resemble this. Mm-hmm. Um and honestly, we needed all that time to cook too. So it, mm-hmm. it was really, I mean, 15 minutes is nothing. And I, I was just it, like, it was really, really hard. It would have been really nice to sort of waltz in and have a quick fire where I, you know, didn't have to be in a dark black room and 
it was just, there were other scenarios that might have been more comfortable, but I suppose that I don't live in the world of comfortable. So it was fine. Actually, yeah. I'm surprised that they chose to follow up the last, the last, last chance kitchen with a paired quick fire, which as, as opposed to envisioning that as a possible scenario of somebody not coming back. It just, I think it spoke to us is that they did intend for somebody to come back. And so it was kind of a, they had to do some last minute planning that ended up kind of rolling and probably having impact on the rest of the season as well in small little ways that we didn't. Well, I felt very much that this episode was directly impacted with nobody coming back from last chance kitchen. Um, Cause I kept telling Ethan, I'm like, there's no way anybody goes home this episode. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like they're going to have a final two. I'm like, no, cause they meant to have a final four and they don't. Right. And I, so I, I wasn't, I, well, they, they meant, I thought they meant to have a final three, but then I thought back to last season, didn't they take four? to Italy, and then it was just that Gregory uh, threw out his back and he couldn't participate? I feel like he went out at five, maybe. Oh, okay. But I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember who's who went out at four. But then they had three people in the final cook. Yeah. And then, like, I wasn't sure if they were going to do a situation in, because in Top Chef Canada this season, they had a final four, and everyone cooks the meal for their lives, but two people get cut off after the appetizer, and then they join as sous chefs for the other two, and they complete their meal. So I didn't know if it was going to be something like that, or kind of um, what happened in Top Chef Kentucky, where Eric got cut after mm. the first dish or whatever. I don't, I didn't know if mm. that was going to do something like that in the finale. Um, I'm glad to see that all three of them get to cook whole meal which oh is God. really do you do you want to continue to speculate or do you want me to <laughs> <laughs> jump in here i would love for you to give us the concrete answer that's why we invited you on this late i'd like to keep speculating okay i'm just i'm just gonna drink my coffee no i'm kidding um i i will say that um there was always the possibility of somebody going home um, it's it's not like they said to us, um, everyone can stay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Um, there was in the back of everybody's heads, like potentially everyone could stay. Um, so so I will say that it was sort of a fortunate scenario for them. Um, but it definitely was not a concrete decision that and had there been someone who genuinely messed up and deserved to go home, um, they would have gone home. It, it, it sounded like, for instance, like Dawn's second dish, crab dish in the in the elimination challenge. Like she forgot the the potatoes as part of that 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 boil, but it didn't really harm the the dish. If, if it had been more of the actual like key component that had, if been she like, had forgotten the crab, sure. <laughs> <laughs> if there been something, yes. if there was an egregious error, <laughs> it would have been addressed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Brooke, what 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 time was your call time the day you had to go clamming? Oh God, it was like four a.m. My second question: Padma didn't go to sleep in between the night before and her call time, right? I'm like sure she, she did. I'm sure. Yeah, because yeah. I I I would have just tried to pull an all nighter and gone to bed as soon as I was done judging the quick flight. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> she also probably went straight back to sleep after True. after she did that little bit. Um, yeah, how, but, long you, how long were you guys clamming? Couple hours, well, some maybe two hours, but then um, the chefs left, uh, and I stayed with production to get more clams. Um, and then <laughs> I could have left, I mean, I was 
but I was enjoying where I was. Yeah, and there, they, right? they were like, we need to collect if more claims or needs to be like backup claims for, for the quick fire. So I was like, I'll stay and, and, and find more. And we tried for another hour and then the tide came in. And then it got to the point where we were a little concerned that we might not make it back to shore. Um, because the tide came in really fast. Yeah, it seems really, like very, yeah. very flat. That tide's going to like, suddenly there's just water. Yeah, suddenly. And then the area where you kind of had to get across to get back to the cars um, just vanished. And oh. I was, we were like up wow. to our chests in water walking back. Um, it was, there was a moment where I was like holding my phone over my head. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. What because even I is nature? Phone. I don't, I don't know. It's just, uh, I, so I have a question, a question about, um, because I am terrible at doing the show apparently. And so I ended up binging like the last, essentially binging, um, the last three episodes. Uh, and so I got like a lot of back to back to back emotion, um, including like your return. So it was just like a glorious, you know, like feast for the eyes, literally. <laughs> um, how how was your first time back back this season as a guest judge amongst all of those like, you know, all stars, you know, and you being a part of that group, rightfully so, given that that episode that you were first back for um the main challenge, the elimination challenge was just so emotional at judges table. Mm -hmm. uh, the one where Maria ended up going home. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, you know, we all saw that you were getting emotional at judges table and like, it was just one of those poignant moments that you don't often see in any competition show. Um, what just, what was that meal and that experience like? So many questions in one. Um, <laughs> You, you can know, pick I, one. Pick one. <laughs> you know, I think just everything felt felt very intense um, from from the moment we all got to Portland. You know, I mean, there were I got there right after the fires. Um, there had been a lot oh, of yeah. shifting oh gosh, of, yeah. of things. There were there were protests right outside the. You know, we're staying downtown. It just everything seemed very amplified. Um, and I, I had a week of, of quarantine where I couldn't leave my hotel room, mm. um, literally for an entire week. I don't know if you guys caught my, my TikTok dance on Instagram. Um, <clears throat> that was four days of practice for one 10 second video. Um, but basically, you know, by the time I got out of that quarantine, I was excited to be out and be a part of what was going on. And then straight into, you know, judging last chance kitchen where nobody came back. It was kind of, it was a lot all at once. Mm -hmm. And then, and then into the black box challenge where I was like, was, was it, it was a very intense way to sort of enter the judges panel in previous seasons where I've come in and judged. It's like I fly in or I <clears throat> I'm driven somewhere and I spend maybe the night somewhere. And then the next day I go in and I, do my thing and then I leave. The mom, summer, like, the mom summer camp infamously. <laughs> oh my god! What a challenge. So, that was fun, but it was like you know twelve hours of my life, okay. and this was three weeks of my life. One week of which I was trapped in a hotel room, and mm. um, and then I get out and and it's like I knew everyone around me, and everybody was in the same position of this was their first time sort of doing something big after the and, and traveling during the pandemic. And, um, 
yeah, it was just, it, just everything seemed very intense. And then that, that elimination challenge with, where Maria went home, um, Jamie, I could just, I could feel Jamie's pain and like, and guilt, honestly, of, of being left in the competition where she, she felt like, you know, one of her friends was being torn away from her. You know, they just, there wasn't a lot to like, not that there ever is when you're in this competition, really the people around you are the people around you. So I, I don't know that bonds were so strong because of the pandemic situation. Um, but I do feel like, like emotions were maybe heightened mm-hmm. and um, you know, we were all, all of us in the industry were going through the hardest time of our careers. And I think that that definitely lent to, intensified emotion mm-hmm. and and just watching what was going on at judges table like you know i i knew that jamie wasn't giving up she wasn't saying i want to go home um but she just wanted everyone to stay and i understand that feeling i mean when when sheldon was eliminated when we were in mexico it was me or sheldon and it was almost harder to watch him go than to than to be told you're done mm-hmm. um because I, you feel their pain. You know what that feels like, and and you don't want anybody to feel that way, especially in a in a time where you've been feeling that way for months. Mm-hmm. It, one thing that struck me uh, about this season, I think we may talk a little bit about it last week, Haley, is it's a really. I have no idea what we talked about yeah, last okay, week. As fair. soon as I hit the end broadcast button, <laughs> you know what happened. I wasn't here, so this is new to all of us. Okay, so this is for everybody. Uh, but no, it's like on, on this on this network, like most of the podcasts are about even like Top Chef. It's it's typically a show where uh, whether it's just Top Chef or Survivor or Amazing Race, you have a pool of contestants that gets narrowed down week by week by week. But it was kind of, I really loved watching the judging panel kind of be the opposite situations. Like once you're in, once you've gone through quarantine, you're kind of stuck there in the best possible way. Cause it seemed like there was like a small pool of judges at the beginning, like, you know, four or five people. And then they keep adding people and adding people and adding people. Like once like Kristen Kiss showed up, like you knew that she was going to be there from that point on. Most likely like Melissa shows up. She's going to be there from that point on. We got, well, that's you. not true. You lost people throughout. We did. We did. We lost Carrie. You lost Carrie. You lost Kristen Kish. <laughs> You've lost. You lost Amar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never, never mind. We've lost a lot, but you know, <laughs> but it's never been. It's never really been one and done. At the very least, it, it seems like there's been at least like a three or four weeks. Yeah, thing. because you're not going to quarantine for a full exactly. week and then do one episode. And that and that to me has been. I, I've. I've. I guess what I'm trying to say, Brooke, is that <laughs> I have very much enjoyed. Uh, the the robust panel of alumni that have come through at judges table and get even if we're not seeing you competing alongside Kristen or uh, you know Richard Blaze, it's it's great to see you talk. Richard Blaze is gone, is he? No, he wasn't. He was, no, he's not gone. Because I forgot I, about him. I <laughs> forgot about him. Poor Richard. He's so often forgotten about. I was because I worked my ass off. I'm just kidding. That was sarcasm. He's never forgotten about. He's everywhere. He's, all he's unforgettable. Yeah. yeah, you were always on my mind. Was written about Richard actually <laughs> because one a, like odd fact that no one knows. Kurt, what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> Take a sentence and go with it, Kurt. 
I love the panel of judges. Uh, I've loved being able to see you guys interact because I think that's one of this from in terms of we've covered all, many of the seasons that these people have all been on. Well, um, Amara and I were on the same season of Top Shops. So. Yeah, because yeah, that's true. You were at the the uh, the pop up. Uh, yeah, I wasn't at a Mars pop-up. But you weren't at a Mars pop-up. <laughs> um, but I, I did. I know Richard is there because I was going to ask Brooke, like, of, of all of the people that she could sit at a mass judging dinner with, who would she want to sit next to most likely? Because I saw because at the most recent one, you were sitting next to Richard, which is why I know he's still there. <laughs> Look at that know, if you had your choice of seating plans, which of your fellow alumni would be, like, your your dining mates, who would you want to sit next to you on either side? Or it could even be like some of like the normal judges like Tom or Gail. But if you could pick your dining partners. Oh God. I love I love Tom at a judge's table. Or like at a dining table. Dining table. Um or I actually feel like in Tom a car or wherever. You know. Playing guitar around a fire pit. <laughs> um, play guitar? Oh my God. That was every night on the coast we sat around a bonfire and he'd play guitar and he'd be like, any requests? And I'd request something and then he'd be like, you know, you have to sing now. And I'd be like, well, oh. I don't know the words. And then he'd pull up the words and it was a whole thing. Anyway. Bro, we are an ultimate Tom Colicchio is hot podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Like, Sorry to interrupt. I just no. I mean, where we're and at it's, it's not exclusive 20. to Tom. Mm-hmm. Like we're very equal opportunity in terms of the people that are hot. We'll get to that's my next question, um, basically. But like, but the Tom, Tom plays guitar. Yeah, he, <laughs> he plays a lot of guitar. Um, actually, look at his Instagram. I think his guitar just broke. It was a sad post. Um, but uh, he and I, I feel like, share a lot of the same food opinions um and i feel like if if no one else is on my page at a table tom is probably on my page um dale talday is a lot of fun to sit next to as well um he's, he's been a lot more of at least what we've seen the edit we've been hearing a lot more of dale i think the past couple of episodes yeah he nearly blew a gasket when you did not get uh the full plate of the <laughs> he's actually, he was like that's just Fucking unbelievable at this stage of the competition. He was yeah. real pissed. He was, you were like, it's not that big of a deal. And he was pissed on your behalf, was also like, well, right. not just your behalf, but like, he's like, this is, you know, at this stage of the competition, yada, yada, yada. But well, it's true. A, it's like a I, reoccurring yeah. issue. And, and yeah. like, I feel like and we all spent so much time saying, like, time management is so important. And it's, you know, half the battle is working against the clock. And please pay attention to, you know, what you can get done in this amount of time. And it's like, oh how many God. times can you... I have a whole rant about it. Like, I want you mm-hmm. to answer the question, but I have a whole rant about it. It was, mm-hmm. just, it was just frustrating because of how much we loved Dawn, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. it was just such a frustrating position to be in where we, like, had to say something negative because it was... So good. You know, and her food is so good, and and she she knows how to nail flavor so beautifully and balance. And it was just like to leave components off mm-hmm. off a dish multiple times. It's just so frustrating. I, and I liked how Gregory kind of framed it up this episode in terms of I think he, he shifted. He, it seemed like he was like shifting it a little bit away from a time management issue to like maybe it's just too many things you're trying to do, which is mm-hmm. a, which is related it's time the management. Same issue, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, yeah it's, but it's like more about maybe don't look at how can you manage time to get everything in that you're trying to get in, but like how can you maybe simplify a little bit? Like, yeah. And, and then I was like, okay, so just and then there was the potatoes. But luckily, the, the way that my brain always worked was like get the things that need to be on the plate done first, and then if you have extra time, then maybe fluff it up um 
Yeah. I so sorry. What's your answer? Yeah. So like I this drove me insane. Watching it back to back to back, I think like um amplified. It yeah. definitely amplified. It took me to like um all work, no play <laughs> um, makes Jack a dull boy level. Like I was full <laughs> on shining by the by the episode thirteen. So like I okay. So the thing is uh, that drives me absolutely bat crap crazy about this. Right? Is that at this point in the competition, like you all like just discussed, like the judges keep saying, you you know that a big part of this process is going to be plating and making everything look like it's supposed to like like you want it to look. And then if you think that you need 15 minutes to plate and you are terrible at time management, then add a buffer of like another five minutes or so to do so. If you have an issue for whatever reason with knowing how many people you have to serve, then the first thing that you should do is like, you know, count out the plates and put them aside so that you already know that you have the plate. My, one of my jobs is logistics. So I'm like big on organization and like efficiency and, you know, all of that stuff. But like, give yourself a buffer, come up with little like tricks that are going to help you in the kitchen. Because for me, never being in any competition show, especially like never, like I would never be on Top Chef or like Top Chef amateur or like Top Chef baby. But like, <laughs> It's I cannot just, wait for that release. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's the fact that like Don's dishes are just so well received. It's always about how like flavorful her food is. And I understand that it takes a while to develop that flavor. But it this last episode, it wasn't just Don. It was like it spread to everyone. Well, this last episode, they also had to clean Dungeness Crab, which is yes. which is a lot of work. Yeah. So they have gotten more time then, do you think? Like, do you think they were cut too short? Um, for two dishes, uh, it was it was a time crunch. And I think it's about, like, planning your dish properly. I also think that the fact that Dawn served her crab, like, as a crab style, a crab boil style, and she basically cut the crab in half and you and didn't clean it, should have given her yes. that buffer. Um, I was concerned that you all would not be as into that because of how messy my sister who has seen a total of three episodes of Top Chef but she and my nephew are staying with me right now decided she hated the show until I turned it on and she was like crying Um, but she she was saying oh is she going to go home because it's too hard for the judges to eat. I was so well, happy when you all just dug in and were yeah, like, no, we, none of us are wanted. prima donnas. Like, yeah. it, you know, yes, we were dressed, we were maybe dressed inappropriately for the dish. That's <laughs> but that's I mean, if, if food is good, food is good, you know, like regardless yeah. of how hard you have to work for it, sometimes it's more re- rewarding when you have to work for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love, and I love crab done like this personally. Like I'm a yeah, huge crab so fan. Good. I love when it's just like on the plate, like full of spices and you need a whole roll of like Tom was sitting across the table from me and that I'm so glad they included that shot of him biting into the crab body. Um because I was like sitting there I was like sitting there looking at the plate like I don't know what to do right now. And he picked up the whole crab and bit into it. And I, was, I looked at him like, really? And he's like, just yeah. do it. 
it. Just go for it. I was like, how far away is my lipstick? (laughs) (laughs) I also love the argument at the table of whether the plating was intentional or not. Yeah, Don needs to learn how to lie strategically because (laughs) that should have been a, of course. Yes, yes. there was not supposed to be any potatoes on this dish. No no one knew would have known about the potatoes unless she mentioned the potatoes. Congratulations to people who have integrity. I like winning. <laughs> Same. I looked at that. I looked at that bowl, and I was like, "This, this, <laughs> this either mm-hmm. was intentional, or she literally threw the crab in the bowl from the room. <laughs> and it was artsy enough. The sauce was a beautiful color, so you could have just been like, "It's meant to be a mess." Visions when she said it was not intentional. I literally had visions of her standing like a hundred feet away from the bowl. <laughs> Throwing the crab into the bowl. <laughs> Just like a discus toss? Yeah. Like, I knew Dan, Don was an athlete. Was he yes. or was it discus? Shot. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Just like, you know, like Kobe. <laughs> or is it like javelin because of like the little, like, pincers? Yeah. Um, I think she was, a, she was a jumper, too. She was a, j- yeah. a high jumper, yeah. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, so this question kind of relates to what we were talking about with the messiness and how you were dressed. And every week we always talk about just like the phenomenality as the word I made up of everyone's. Thank you. Of everyone's um, wardrobe. So do you all get racks of, are those your clothes? Those are, I mean, I know like Padma and Tom probably get like, you know. I mean, they have stylists. Well, there is a stylist on, on set who like picks out what you're going to wear, but it's all out of stuff that, that you've brought. So like your wardrobe needs to be approved because they don't want people clashing or or matching. Mm. Um, and and often it starts with like what is Padma wearing and how can we fill in the blanks? Um but Sounds right. <laughs> rightfully so. But um but it's not like they provide clothes for us. Those were I mean, are you specifically referring to Kwame? 
Kwame is like Kwame, the best dressed not. individual I've ever seen. Gregory has had oh some goodness. amazing outfits. Ed, like the one episode he came in with like this beautiful brown jacket and a matching. Like I was like done. Daryl's like, shirt so even beautiful. in this episode had like um, gold embroidery. Yeah, uh, well, that was happening. Gail also does have maybe stuff su- supplied for her, but yeah. I would say uh, you know us us minions we um we bring our own wardrobe like literally i've never had anyone style me for anything um, so i i mean <laughs> i was actually just having a conversation this morning with my husband about the fact that i need a larger closet and it's because of of these shows that i do where like i just shot 18 episodes of barbecue brawl in texas and wow. it was kind of a specific scenario where like it had to be sort of West barbecue appropriate clothing, but a lot of great overalls. <laughs> like exactly. stunning. I love the space suits. Every day you posted a new story on Instagram of like your hairdo and your outfit for that day. And I was like, yes, like but I, I have a lot it. of fun with it. Like that is something that I really enjoy doing. If I hated getting myself dressed or or you know, buying clothes or styling myself, I would I would be in trouble. And you um, did your own hair? No. Okay. No, no, no. They supply hair and makeup. Because um, okay. my sister was like, who's the pretty one? And I was like, well, you know, which one? Because <laughs> she doesn't know anything about the show. And <laughs> they're all beautiful. They're all like, we've been all beautiful. in like Melissa Stans this season too. Yeah. She's- my sister wants Melissa's hair. She's just like, I just want my hair to do that. And uh, um, she was just like, Brooke is glowing. Oh, thank you. She's glowing. Thank yeah, you. I'm not saying it just because you're here, but no. you have been so stunning this entire season. Had you not yeah. been here, we would have been worse about it, frankly. Yeah, we um. would have been more embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you get the volume in your ponytails that you do. I just have a lot of hair. It's just a, it's just a lot of it's hair. It's problem. I just have a lot of hair. I just... <laughs> And it's so it's like and it was fun out of pure gold. Like there's nothing I can do. Yeah, it is it was like I spent a lot of time cutting my hair out of my head and like trying to make it thinner. I know the grass is always greener, but um it's it's a lot to deal with, but it also gives me options and I never go into a hair and makeup chair and don't appreciate it. I'm always very appreciative of someone who can put a braid in my hair or um, you know, do great space buns, and um, yeah. I take advantage of that shit. <laughs> You're hashtag less because most people would have to like weave it, like uh, wear like a, a piece or like wear a wig and use their hairline. Like there are so many options, but you don't have to do any of that because you are special. <laughs> You're, You're one of God's special children. You really are. <laughs> You God know, I also spend a little more time on Brooke. I also did a lot of um, moisturizing masks during that that week in quarantine oh. and a lot of yoga classes. So maybe it was the week of quarantine that really did yeah. wonders. Yeah, maybe I should try that. Yeah, let's all do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's all do it right now. I, no, I can't do now that the quarantine has been the quarantine <laughs> or the in Canada you had to quarantine and up until like last week, right? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. We yeah. just finished our third lockdown about two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And so, so now I'm I'm thrilled to be out in the world again, looking at people on the patios. It's a joy. Yeah, indoor dining coming eventually. Congrats. 
Okay, la- last question. I'm sorry to just barrage you with these, but like, if I didn't ask them now, then I'd never have the opportunity. I don't no, think please. again. Um, okay, so this is random, but um, how long when someone says medic does it actually take for a medic to appear? <laughs> is this regarding Shoda's? Uh- yeah, and and also like Don a few episodes ago. Yeah, they're all the, there's always a, a medic waiting in the wings. Um, okay. So it's not like they have to call somebody. There, yeah. There's a medic on, on site uh, during every challenge. Uh, okay. Like, often they're kind of just sleeping in the corner because it, it, they're not needed mm-hmm. a lot. Sometimes um, I'm like, they said medic. <laughs> like, get some shots of espresso and be, on, be ready. They're dealing with shellfish. <laughs> yeah, no, I, there are probably certain challenges where they're kind of ready to go and and probably more so even in the like quick fire when they're, when you're in studio mm-hmm. um shooting in the top chef kitchen uh yeah. they're just they're just sitting there on set especially in the within the first couple of episodes always someone cuts themselves because they're nervous right um, i was like picturing when they were doing the quick fire and those little like balconies on the first floor like richard blaze like peeking through (laughs) what are you guys up to there like were anybody in those rooms and they had to get like a notice on their door being like those were all all production rooms um so like the director that was it was his patio it might have been tom's patio um they were just sort of in these alcoves and everything was meant to happen on the beach oh that Uh, makes sense and Mm. and then it downpoured and um, so they had to sort of they couldn't cook on the beach anymore um but and and then we were standing i think there was an extra so all of those rooms were production rooms um like that someone was staying in and then the room that that the balcony that padma and i were standing on um that where they served us uh that was kind of an extra like craft services room okay and speaking, like in, you know, on the heels of that challenge, when we, you know, then we began to kick off the, the, the James Beard challenge. This, this episode reminded me how much I didn't know I missed Nina. I was so happy to see yeah. her back and like be a fixture of the episode, and that just made me smile. Like on, like on the initial watch, and then on my rewatch, it was like it was just good to see Nina once more. And so Nina's great. Nina's Nina's amazing. She's such a sweet, incredible woman. I was excited to see her too. Yeah, perfect black dress, chunky necklace com- uh, combination as well. So, really, just overall killing it. So the dishes that were in the quick fire. <laughs> oh, are we, we going to start this podcast now? Uh, Shoda made sake yuzu yuzu butter clams with pickled onions. Dom made butter clam bisque with apple and pepper salad. And Gabe made sopa de mariscos with poached cape, poached caper and butter clams in broth. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sounds delicious. I have taken myself out of the world of clams after having bad reactions to mussels. So now I'm just staying mm. away from anything that comes in a shell that's shaped like this. Crab and shrimp, I will never give. They're up. called bivalves. Those are called bivalves. Um, <sighs> what, okay, what's so a what univalve? Um, what's a trivalve? <laughs> Do those exist? I don't know. Did <laughs> Shoda end up? I know when we saw Shoda kind of leaving the the clamming, he picked up some 
was it seaweed? Some uh, what was? Did he end up actually using that as part of the dish? Or like, yeah, he, he talked, it, was, okay. it was definitely seaweed in his dish, and I felt like that was a really smart move. Um, and he kind of, yeah, he just picked it up on his way out and he was like, Oh, I could use this. Um, Dawn had a hard time digging because she remember a couple episodes ago, she cut the tip of her finger. Yeah. 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 And she cut it really badly. She like kind of cut the whole tip of her finger off and it wasn't a situation where like within a week or two even that it was healed. And so she had gloves on while she was like digging in the sand, but the sand was really hard to dig through. And it was, I felt really bad. Like she just had a hard time digging because of our hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and I was terrified, like digging through that wet sand, there's broken shells in there. There's, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a scary situation. So um, I, I lost track. What's the question again? I don't know. You, I think you asked me a question of, are we starting the podcast now? <laughs> okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's go. Well, uh, you, you even mentioned that you stuck around and helped production, like, you know, gather additional clams for the quick fire. Was it, were, so were those available to all of the. the yeah. So there was no, there was no shortage of clams. Okay. They didn't have to like, you know, they were, there were more clams there. They weren't um, stuck using what they The found. three clams that they harvested. Yeah. yeah, but they they were all I was actually surprised nobody steamed them open. It seemed like they were all shucking them open. Mm-hmm. Um that, you know, you can kind of easily steam clams open, but I guess it kind of depends on how you want to cook them. Uh but I was I was very impressed by by those those three dishes. Um Don's soup was was a little gritty and i found it strange that she made a clam chowder and just kind of pureed the whole thing mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I i never love when a contestant is asked like is it meant to be chunky yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i feel like it should be intentionally chunky or intentionally not chunky yeah it even looked like the the picture that we saw of it looked a little frothy as well yeah well you did hear her asking for a chinois so uh, you know i think she really did want to strain it uh, it was just a matter of of finding a strainer and and having enough time to do that which she didn't so um yeah no i mean i was actually very impressed with with all three dishes tasted really good would in Looking ahead to the elimination challenge when they had to work with the the Dungeness crab, you know, two ways. Uh, was, you know, Gregory went out on the boat with with Gabe. Um, if you had your choice of you know doing the clamming in the morning or doing the crabbing in the later in the morning, uh, would you would you clamming or crabbing? Clamming or crabbing? Which 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 is, you get to pick one? Well, I don't love boats, so there's oh. that. Okay, so that okay. <laughs> Although those were like little dinghies and they didn't go out very far. I would have been fine. Um, and crabbing would have been super cool, but I, I was, I would have been happy to do either. You know, the, the fact that I was done by 9am was, mm-hmm. was kind of nice for the day. And then I got to kind of just enjoy the rest of the day. Nice. Um, so. Was it probably like 90 minutes, two hours outside of Portland at that point? Um, yeah, about an hour and a half down a really windy road. It was actually very close to Tillamook. Um, so it's just like took the same drive two days in a row. And, um, actually the clam 
quick fire did not happen immediately after they went clamming. It was the next day. So, um, TV production magic. Yeah, seriously. So, um, you know, like I said to you before we started this, this podcast, um, when I got back at like nine or 10 o'clock in the morning, I went for a run on a beautiful sunny day, mm. which it would right. have been maybe optimal to cook on the beach at that moment. Um, but okay. Quick follow-up question to that. Mm-hmm. Were the chef tables done on two separate days or one day? The chef table. Oh, for the restaurant work? Yeah. Like, did you hear any rumblings of that? No, that was all done on the same day. Okay. Because I was mm. just like, there's no way they could do this on the same day. But I mean, I'm sure it was a long day. I wasn't, I wasn't, maybe I was there, but I wasn't physically you weren't, there. Yeah. You weren't dining yet. I wasn't dining yet. Um, I was, why your hair is so big. It's full of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Each strand is a production secret. I really loved this um, this elimination challenge. I thought it was like, frankly, like the better version of last week's challenge. Where I was, I was a little disappointed that they had to use cheese, like cheddar cheese, in five different ways. It just felt a little gimmicky to me. Where this one felt very much more structured, not like simpler, but just like it made more sense to me. It's like cold course and a hot course with crab. Do whatever you want. Yeah, it was it was a, a great way to showcase some some creativity and some personality for them, I think. Um, but also a difficult challenge because of, of what it was and yeah. and the sort of the ingredient that had to be highlighted is something that you can screw up, you know. So yeah. you you have to have the skills to be able to not only pull off two phenomenal dishes in but also in that amount of time to be able to break down crab and it looks so difficult. It was so mm. yummy, though. Like oh, yeah. I'm so yeah. It was like my favorite thing in the whole world. So I was really it's, excited. Yeah, it looks so good. It was also really great to get the education that we got about James Beard in the episode yeah. uh, because I, we hear all of the time that the name um, and know how prestigious the award is. But I don't think that we've ever gotten that in depth of an explanation of like who the person actually was and what yeah. he was all about. Yeah. And we got we got another and, and you know Brooke last week uh, Kaylee and I had talked about how in the cheddar challenge there was a, a moment where Tom seemed to kind of step out and address the camera more directly about you know some people might think this is like you know too too the using cheddar at this stage in the competition is is too simple but you know we have to have them like escalate they're doing a we're making this more difficult and here I think there's even a moment where Tom kind of steps out and gives us some of that education I loved it it was like in a booth he was like. Welcome everyone to education. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I gotta go to your class, Tom. It, it feels a little different <laughs> from how they typically, you know, used Tom. Like you, oftentimes, he's talking about. I think you know, commenting directly on. I'm surprised that so and so is using the dish this way, but this, I think, the first time they, they've had him, like, kind of. It, it feels like new him speaking to either the complexity of a challenge or just the topic of James Beard. Um, is that is that something that that you'd pick up on, is this like a change in direction, like using just Tom in a new way or. Um, um, I don't know that it's a, like a, a thing that, that they've chosen to thing. change. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think that the, the, the need to address who James Beard was in a very specific way was, was there because I think unless you're really involved in the food world, you kind of don't know right. the, you know, the, the importance of James Beard and, you know, why these people get these, or even that these awards exist, you know, like people mm-hmm. introduce, introduce guest judges as like James Beard award winner, but like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Um, and if you don't know 
if you don't know about chefs and, and food, and I think a lot of people who watch Top Chef don't, um, it needs to be explained. And especially in a challenge, the episode before the finale, you know, why is this so important? And he's from this area. And why are we talking about him? Yeah, I, can, I definitely hope that moving forward that we have more of these uh, kind of like edutainment moments in terms of giving us some of the important background, either on the history or some of like the technical things that people may, might not be considering. So I'm hoping that they continue with it because yeah, it's like all I knew about James Beard is a uh, prestigious award. I didn't know much about the person. I didn't know he, he was from Portland. But like this was nice to put a person behind the um, the the acclaim the name yeah like it's yeah. very like we know the name but we don't yeah or that like julia it. child was involved in yeah. it. i had no idea i had no idea about that i guess we should read more <laughs> we should think about that for sure <laughs> we'll do I mean, research for our podcast yeah we could time. definitely you know read a book or like you know probably not though but like I mean, we'll, you like, literally just google yeah and- yeah. <laughs> that's, that's something to consider. I'll no, put it we'll on my to-do list. Wait until you're back on and ask you questions. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, no, you're right. I think in the past you probably would have seen, you know, that happen in like a an interview with a, with one of the chefs. But mm-hmm. I think that yeah. Tom had a lot to speak to it, so yeah. he did. I love the Tom Tom text, like context except Tom text. Ooh, oh, does yeah. that work? That was a great Natalie Portmanteau you just did there. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so the whole course is Soda made Dungeness crab nigiri With yuzu, koshu, aioli, and pickled ginger Hear me out And no. I get it that they have to Get these menus printed beforehand Yeah I think they always do them dirty by having the menus printed Yeah you know I think that The one bite that he gave us Was so good That we needed to touch on the fact that there was a negative and yeah, that's fair. That, that was the negative. And it was also like, you know, we got two other dishes that that really showed what how much time that they had spent on them and showed us didn't. Um, so it needed to be touched on. But honestly, that one bite of sushi was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was like it was the one thing that I would have loved 12 of. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think that it's better to not do the dish exactly as it's wrote on the menu rather than like put something on the plate that matches the description, but you're not proud of. I do. I think that, I think it's, it's better to, to omit even if the descriptor doesn't match. Um, Yeah. You and Naomi like spoke up about how frankly kind of like bold it is to do that. You know, if you mess up and make that mistake, because Kwame was not having it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and Kwame was not having a lot of things. <laughs> Bad day for Kwame. Well, I'm gonna leave that out. <laughs> um, Kwame has a lot of opinions, um, but and he and I, we have a very like love hate relationship. He's um, we also we often see opposite sides of of the argument, but uh, which was funny sitting across the table from him at the cheese challenge because he took a bite of Jamie's cod with cheddar. Mm-hmm. Was it cod? It was like sea bass. Maybe it was Chilean sea bass. It, yeah, and and I was like, this is awful. And he looked at me. He was like, this is delicious. Can I have more? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, who are you? <laughs> Um, anyway um um 
Yeah, no, I, I think that I, I know I've, I'm a person who, who understands and appreciates Japanese food maybe more than some of the other chefs that were at the table. And, um, he nailed the rice and he, things were seasoned perfectly and the flavors were, it was just a perfectly executed nigiri. And there were, I knew how much had gone into that. You know, there were a lot of work went into that regardless of whether or not there should have been more on the plate. Um, there should have been more cause it was delicious, you know? Mm. Um, Gabe made Dungeness crab with lobster mushroom crab stock and avocado yogurt when he said he was using the lobster mushroom i gasped i thought that was such a cool idea i love it mm-hmm. the way it tied back to kind of what they've already done in portland yeah um and it looked like a great dish it was it was um it was absolutely delicious it was um you know we had gone on a hike the day before um and seeing lobster mushrooms growing it was like all the things that were growing outside very local but also very much um in the flavor profile that you would expect from Gabe so um i th- i thought it was a beautiful dish um my only my only comment was something that that was absolutely touched on was that it was not a cold dish yeah and it yeah. also didn't seem like something that was done because he didn't have enough time to chill that crab broth that crab broth was delicious hot and i don't think it would have been better cold right so um it, to me it felt like a hot dish mm-hmm. mm. uh don made dungeness crab salad with cashew soup and pickled oyster mushroom i thought this was a really striking dish yeah. like any of these ones i would have picked up and shoved into my dumb little mouth immediately <laughs> yeah it was a, it was it was a smart dish um it was delicious that the cashew cream was was absolutely delicious um presentation wise it felt like it it felt like she played it at rushed which was very on par with with sort of who don has been mm. uh in the hot courses gabe made mole color redito crab in a seafood stock with sun chokes and crab fat tortilla he let he left a tortilla off he, he burned one into a napkin yeah, the tortillas were also a little undercooked, which they didn't yeah. uh. mention. Um, but uh, but really yummy. I actually don't mind a slightly undercooked tortilla. Uh, they were grilled, which I thought added some dimension to them, mm-hmm. um, which is partially why it was a little bit undercooked because he like didn't do them on a on a plancha. Um, but uh, like, and uh, there was a, there was a lot of disagreement in that sunchoke being in there. It was a very prominent flavor. Um, yeah. But I I felt like it made sense. I didn't feel like it took away from, from the flavors of, of the crab. I actually felt like it complemented the, the flavor a lot. I think in, in his, his omission of the, I mean, you kind of touched on it, Haley, like his omission of the tortilla wasn't the same as like he forgot. It was, it was there was like a issue just... Was it the, the, the towel? Okay, I would have melted. Yeah, I would have torn one of them in half just so that every plate had one. Like, I know that's probably yeah, not the no, best move, smart. but that's smart. I would have done, I would have made sure every plate at least had yeah. a piece, like, yeah. even if it's not as consistent as the rest of them. At least you, at least it feels more intentional yeah. than I seeing mean, one plate without it. I would have maybe made an extra tortilla. Yeah, yeah um, that's what my husband said, who like doesn't cook professionally. He was like, at the, like everything on Top Chef, you should just be making one extra just in case. Or four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but 
no, you, he couldn't have served that tortilla. But you're right, yeah. Haley. He should have torn one in half so that it wasn't like a glaring omission. I think he should have just t- served the napkin tortilla. <laughs> just like, just like a, cut it joke. out, cut the napkin part out. Yeah, like make sure someone with a really great sense of humor got it and just was like, Haha. or served it in the napkin so that it like would have seemed intentional mm. that he did, or like he didn't know. Right. <laughs> gotta teach these people to be better liars. Yeah. Like this is the debate coach in me, where it's just like, just make something. <laughs> the judges will never know. Like I know, like they were way too honest. Like you know, like it showed a kind of. I feel like maybe he would have lied around it if it wasn't so blatantly on the menu that he had to. Like I think he would have been like, yeah, I meant to have this one because I feel like he did that another challenge where they're like, was your broth meant to be this loose? And he's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That's exactly what I meant for it to do. Uh, Speaking of Shoda, he made braised purple daikon with Dungeness crab salad soy and cherry vinaigrette with persimmon. God, he makes just beautiful plates. Like, it's really cool to see what he does. That was, it was, that was a really delicious, absolutely stunning dish. It's amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Everything looks great. Was Shoda, was Shoda the obvious winner of this challenge for you? For me, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's what I figured. That's right. uh, Don made Pacific crab boil, uh, Dungeness crab, and beer base broth. Frankly, this is the dish I was most excited about. It's mm-hmm. closest to what I would probably eat. Not that like I wouldn't enjoy what Gabe and Shota made, um, but I'm just basic. Not that like I wouldn't enjoy it and wouldn't try it. It's just this is more the stuff I would have accessible to me. Yeah, this dish. Um... There was a there was a lot of there was a lot of disagreement at the table, um, mm. and it was because Don's sauce was so absolutely delicious. Like it tasted like like it hit you in the face with flavor, um, but it felt like I don't know if this makes sense. It felt like obvious delicious versus mm-hmm. like refined mm-hmm. delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me. Shoda's dish took more refinement and nuanced skill, whereas Don, like, very obviously understands big, bold, delicious flavor. Um, they were just two very opposite approaches to an ingredient. What else was in that broth? It says beer. It was beer-based broth. But what else was in it, there? It honestly, it felt like um, it felt like a a hot chicken sauce. Um, mm. like a Nashville, Nashville hot chicken sauce yeah. with um, it like almost felt like there was like citric acid and MSG in it, you know, like, okay. and there wasn't like a tomato base, maybe it was a like a dried, like almost like a paprika base. It was like a dried okay. spice base. Um, so okay. to me, it felt a little bit like dried spices, um, but it was super tasty. Um, uh, and the issue that I had, which which they didn't mention, was that like some of the dishes had fennel on top of them, some of them had a carrot. It, like it felt very it, oh, it, like there were vegetables in that dish. Yeah, um, but everybody got a different vegetable. Like it wasn't like purposefully plated. Mm. Um, <laughs> Do you think like, she just like hucked the carrots too? <laughs> <laughs> and and we all wanted something to like sop up that sauce because the sauce was the best part uh and 
like those potato. We didn't know about the potatoes until right. she right. came out, and I was like, I just want like rice or a potato or some kind of starch to eat mm-hmm. this sauce. And all we had was the crab that you kind of had to work for. But um, it it felt like it it needed more refinement in the plating department. Um, yeah, but it's it was. Just a- a time thing. I just want the Olympian and her. I know to fully emerge. The other thing I've noticed in Don's cooking is that it is so intentional. Um, it, it seems like her process. Like you can go all the way back to Restaurant Wars when she couldn't really say what her dish was until it was done. Like her process for coming up with dishes seems completely different and more cerebral than most people. And it's not until it's nearly done that she can fully articulate what it is that she's doing. And then by that point, she's been thinking so long that she's like run out of time for the doing, which is the plating. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of the same way. I think as I, I develop a dish as I go and mm. it's really hard to, to know how, it, especially with a dish that you've never made before, and I'm I'm the kind of person who never makes the same dish. Like I don't, I didn't go on Top Chef with like a library of dishes in my head. I don't. That's not how I compete, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's why I'm good at quick fires because it doesn't. Uh, you you can't like fall back on stuff. You have to kind of create in the moment, and to me, that's what's that's what's hard about those elimination challenges is sometimes, you know, you have this time and you feel like you need to use your time in the best way possible. And, um, and in order to do that, you really kind of have to know what you're making from the get go. And how, how do you do that when it's a dish you've never made before and you don't know if something's going to taste good or work, or you might have to omit, like, it's not something that's, that's easy to do. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What was your favorite dish you ate on on this season? Um, well, that's hard. Leave it, leaving out the finale. Yeah, it hasn't. Maybe it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Well, next week. Us. It, I mean, honestly, it might have been. Um, it might have been this crab challenge. Uh, I think all three of those crab, all of the crab dishes were delicious. Um, but I have very specific memories of that braised daikon dish um and the sauce that uh that gabe's crab you know he presented his crab in the shell um Mm -hmm. and that sauce i don't i don't think that sauce got enough verbiage 
Um, I don't think it got enough airtime. Uh, Gabe's sauce in that shell with his crab was really unbelievably delicious. Yeah, all season he seems to have just been like killing the sauce game. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely he's a sauce technician, and yeah. um, that that takes you a long way. An engineering degree gives him a yeah him a, in terms of the, applying it to food. So yeah. smart. Yeah. Like, so what do you think are the strengths and weaknesses of the competitors going into the finale, and who is the winner? <laughs> <laughs> When is this airing? <laughs> um, I mean, I think the strengths and weaknesses are all very glaringly apparent, right? Um, I think all the things that we just talked about in this episode um, are are things that that you're watching out for in the finale, um, except for maybe the fact that there are not quite as many restrictions. In, in the finale meals, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're kind of able to showcase who they are um, without having the confinements of, of, of a specific challenge. Um, and, and I think, what, I'm trying to remember from the previews, that they have to make four, four courses? I believe, I believe it's four, four okay. courses, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about this finale in a way that I think maybe I haven't been in in a while just because I feel like Gabe showed it and Don are bringing such different things to the table and their meals are going to be so unique to them. Uh, These three have really been great at cooking this season, true to themselves. And we don't, and anytime they're kind of faltering, it's when they're not really staying true to themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it might be like a really hard, like final meal to judge because they're so different. It's kind of like hard to compare them. Um, I'm going to say amen to that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all I'm going to say is that the number of hours that we sat and waited for judges table to be done in the finale. Do you remember? I know you follow me on Instagram. Do you remember me posting like videos of us dancing at a winery? Mm -hmm. Like late -hmm. late night, like 2 a.m. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Kwame put on a bunch of hip hop and we were like dancing for hours. Sounds amazing. That was waiting for judges' table to be done. Four yeah, it reminds gosh. me. I feel hours. like I feel I can't remember if it was Gail or Padma posted a picture of when they uh they were in they were in an uh, like maybe in the Bahamas for like a finale and like Gail sleeping on the desk because it took so long mm-hmm. to so long. to go through it. So long. Yeah, this, I'm, this is no exception. This was um, this was the longest I think I've ever seen judges' table deliberate. Mm. Yeah, you reminded me that this is. I was really hoping at some point we were going to touch on Oregon's wine country. Um, I, I just I, I think that California's wine country is so highlighted that it's often forgotten. You know, Washington and Oregon also just like do amazing wine, and I'm from wine. I'm from a wine country, so I love. I love seeing other places do it. So I'm glad that that is going to be highlighted, at least in the next episode. Um, I'd love to see maybe like them talk to a sommelier about pairing wines with the dishes they're planning on making. I think that, no, darn. <laughs> All right. Well, dreams it's about are the food, Haley. It's about the food. <laughs> I guess so. But I'd love to see, I loved at one point, Gail was like leaning back this episode with her glass of wine. was like, that was great. I was like, yes, Gail, I love you. I and know. you know, I love a champagne Padma. 
I was wondering if like Padma at the quick fire was like a champagne Padma, but no, <laughs> no, I would like to see champagne Padma and tequila brook hang out. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That sounds like it'd be great. My new dream is that <laughs> tequila Padma was pretty hilarious too during restaurant wars. <laughs> When oh, yeah. she just straight up said that, like, you're killing it. To you're killing it. Do you remember um, the episode at the Patron Distillery yeah. um, in 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 Guadalajara, um, where we were? Part of the challenge was to make a margarita, and oh, yeah. all of the judges were like, like we had to wait like three hours before doing judges table. <laughs> Everyone was drunk. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. I yeah. love that so much that for them. Fantastic. <laughs> Brooke, what, else, what other hot goss do you have to tell us? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Ask me questions. I got answers. I'm trying to think. Like, um, what's one challenge you like? Have you been watching the season along, or are you just kind of like living? I know you're not like the biggest it. reality. T- you are watching it. I'm what's one challenge you miss? You wish you were at the dinner for. The tofu challenge. Actually, mm, that's where Dawn cut herself. Um, <laughs> I would have loved to eat in that food, but I, I like. I'm, Are you squeamish? Like I'm a little squeamish, yeah. especially with fingers. Um, I stop. I can't even. Like I can't even think. I can't oh even think gosh. of the mandolin. The mandolin scares me. Yeah. yeah. Like the meat slicer and the mandolin scares me a lot. Blech. They could have um, used a. Uh, they could have used an odd number of judges there, so they could add you and not have those two ties. So that the was time, making me angry. Yeah. I was yeah, so that mad was, that they're like, "Yeah, let's just have an let's even go number talk about it in the, the dojo." Yeah, yeah where they're all like, weird. "My stuff, no, this person should win." And it's like, it's like, how do you even decide that? Like, his opinion is more important. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Um, did you have a favorite, um, and or least favorite challenge generally from this season? Be it like. Elimination, quick fire. T- um, um, sorry, I'm forgetting the last chance kitchen. Like any of it. Um. Hmm. Or even one where you've been like, if this had been on my season, I would have killed this. Yeah. Would you have liked cooking on the stumps? <laughs> oh my gosh. The, the foraging, the, 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 the mushroom challenge, uh, quick fire. Were they the cook, cook on stumps? Oh. Um. Yeah, I was I was only partially watching that one. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been in the background while I was yeah, returning well, emails. They were cooking on stumps, so you know you're fine. Nelson was so tall that he was like, "My back hurts. This is hurting my knees." Oh, <laughs> um, I didn't love the drive-in. Uh, really? Oh no! I, I mean, agree. because maybe because I heard so much about how bad the food was. I agree with you. I I thought that the concept of it was cute. I thought Padma's little vignettes were cute because, like, you know, it's Padma, so like, you know, can't put a toe wrong. But I I was just like, what is this, <laughs> and why is it happening to us? And it was like raining. <laughs> I don't know. It just. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think uh, there was some messy dishes, and I like. I don't know. It's kind of funny, like when you came on last time and said, "Like the mom camp challenge, every dish was pretty shit." <laughs> it's like, kind of like this. It's like they had to make some dishes look good, but it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah. The food I mean, you should get at a drive-in. <laughs> and I think that sometimes there are challenges where people just nail it. And then there are challenges where like the food is just shit, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, and, and, you know, there's kind of no telling what, what that's going to be. I mean, maybe there is, maybe there is, but um, I got to say probably my favorite challenge was this, this crab crab okay. challenge. Um, just maybe because I just love eating the crab so much, but um, just the, the, the scene, the atmosphere, like, and also it was just really fun being there because when we were staying in the hotel downtown, it was like, you, you go out, you shoot, you get back to the hotel, you know, Padma, Gail and Tom were staying at, at their own houses that there were in Airbnbs and, um, you know, all of us judges, guest judges were staying in the hotel. And it's like, you get back maybe, and you, like, we weren't allowed into each other's rooms. So like, maybe we'd mm-hmm. hang out in the hallway and have a glass of wine, but like, it wasn't social. Yeah. Um, and then we got to the coast and we had these like gorgeous rooms with ocean views. And I like went for a run on the beach with, oh, <laughs> The story I was going to tell you about Gail is that she she loves she loves to run and and we got back from the the clamming and I was like I could either go to bed or I could go for a run I was like I'm on it's, the day is beautiful I'm going to go for a run on the beach so I go for a run on the beach and then Gail and I'm on my way back I've just run like five miles and I can't Gail, really but go on <laughs> and Gail texted me and she was like. Hey babe, you want to go for a run? I I just put I just put my my kid down to sleep and um I'm free now. Can we go for a run? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm like <laughs> headed back now. And I get oh back and I've just run five miles. And she was like, all right, how far should we go? And I was like, well, I actually just went on this run. And she was like, you already ran? I was like, yeah, but I feel great. I'm good. I'm happy to keep going. We ended up running. The, she wanted to go the same path that so I ended up running 10 miles that day oh my wow. god and we got back but I like didn't want to disappoint her yeah like, she's like I want to go for this hike up these rocks I hear there's re- really beautiful rocks up there I was like yeah I was just there let's let's go um and I got back and I like thought I was gonna die <laughs> seriously um but no and then and then like we all ordered seafood from this restaurant down the street and um had it, we brought it down to the beach and put together a little picnic and ate on the beach and um, went down to the tide pools. And then they, they set up like the, the last day where we were there, they set up these gorgeous bonfires out on the beach for us and like roasted mm. marshmallows and kind of, it was just, um, it was the perfect sort of ending to, to what was, I think, a really difficult scenario for a lot of people sort of being cooped up and we got to hang out and listen to Tom play guitar. What's his favorite song to play on guitar? Yeah. I mean, he plays a lot of, like, folk music. Okay. okay. Um, Does he know any Taylor Swift? Just kidding. Oh my god. Doubtful? But he also- seems like the type of guy who would play Take It Easy a couple times a night. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got his go-tos that are all, like, folk songs. But I will say that he can pull up music and play pretty much anything. Wow. Yeah. Does he sing, too, or Mm. just play? I mean, I don't know that... I don't know if he... I mean, it's not like he's a singer, but Mm -hmm. he might sing along to his strumming. Yeah. Um, But no, it it was actually... It was... Um, one of the highlights that that coastal trip was was an absolute highlight of not only shooting Top Chef but like of my entire year. That's awesome! Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, was it because of Tom's hat? <laughs> <laughs> 
Does Tom have his own hat closet? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> Will you text him for me? Haberdashery. I could text him. Would you like yeah. me to text him? Oh, yeah. oh my text, gosh, you can text, text him that Tom. for me and then text Guy Fieri just something general. So, just for yeah, Guy actually only FaceTimes. Oh. <laughs> that, that feels correct. It is funny. You did get your truck. So that is confirmed from last season of Tournament of Champions. I did get my truck. Um, <laughs> It's a glorious truck. My husband now drives it, um, but it it was it was a beast. It's also I live in LA, and like nobody wants to drive a giant <laughs> Dodge Ram fifteen hundred um, and park it. Like I got to go to the bank sometimes. <laughs> I would get somebody to drop me off and be like, just circle the block a few times, yeah. and I'll see you then. People would think it was a robbery. <laughs> I was actually kind of surprised that the prize was another car on the on season two of Tournament of Champions, because um, it was like, "How would you like to win a new car?" And I was like, "How many cars can a family have?" <laughs> Did you throw that last challenge so you wouldn't have to win another? Exactly car? what happened. I was like, you know what? Maybe if I break this Hollandaise, I won't have to take another car home. <laughs> <laughs> How was it competing on Tournament of Champions this time? Like, did it feel like I know you're so competitive, and it felt to me like it was like all, not all new, but it was like you didn't lose your edge at all just like by coming in as the winner like well how would i mean how could you possibly lose your edge it's the most like high and anxiety intense scenario you could put a person into it's like there's no way you could walk into that yeah. kitchen and feel relaxed mm. yeah. i yeah. i really thought you were gonna take it again Brooke. like i was like I really please actually, Brooke. i actually did too um i really like walking into that final cook i was like holy crap i could do this again um, and then when I put my plates up at, you know, and then, and the clock stopped, I looked at my plates and I was like, didn't do it. No, knew it. I knew, I knew from the moment that I plated that I had lost. Ugh, I, a couple episodes before I did drunkenly order Manit's new cookbook. Um, which is amazing. It's a beautiful <laughs> book. I, it's a, it's a, I mean, I keep buying cookbooks as like, picture books like do i make the things in them not always do i enjoy looking through them yes yes i do yeah it's like photography books who was your favorite person to compete against in that um trying to remember who i competed against like favorite in what way (laughs) like because you you went against michael voltaggio again right or was that in the second round that was in the second round. Right. The first round. Who was the first round? You went against. Oh, you went against um, your friend. Uh, oh, Naisha. Yeah, Naisha. Yeah. yeah, that was um, that was hard because we are like actual friends, and I know how talented she is. Um, and I was like, I mean, of course, nobody wants to go out in the first round, um, but I, she's very technically sound as a, as a chef. Um, I mean. I don't know. I, I love competing against Michael, but it's also it's kind of a, a love hate relationship because I love him as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not the same person when he's competing. I was going to ask about the Votaggio uh, bros. Like wh- what? What? <laughs> Basically, is my question. Like, um, do they talk outside yeah, of do they? Shows? <laughs> yeah, they they're so different. It mm-hmm. seems in their personality, yeah, um, and their 
they seem very different um, as chefs as as well, like the way mm-hmm. that you put it. I guess I, I just, you know, want to know what like it's been like to get to know them over the years. Like, have they changed in ter- like uh, as they've gotten older um, in terms of like how competitive they are or um, um, you know. I, I think we all have changed a lot over the years, but I don't think that how competitive you are is one of those things that changes a whole lot. Um, okay. I think that that's something that you inherently have. Um, yeah, it's ingrained in you. And I think that that part of the reason why I have trouble competing against Michael is because I love I've gotten to know him as a person mm-hmm. and I and I love him so much as a person and, and I love Brian. But competing against Michael, it's like you're competing against somebody you don't know. Um, yeah, it's I think more of the manner of the competitiveness is what I meant. Like, you can still be super competitive, but you can change the way that you treat your fellow competitors. And it's not even about how he, like, treats me. It's like he's able to sort of turn off a friendship. Like, disassociates. And, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. There's a switch and that flips. And- there's a switch, and um, Brian, I don't think, has that, uh, but Michael does. They're very, very different people. Um, and yeah, I think their food is a direct reflection of, of who they are as people. Um, Michael is probably more cerebral and, um, and his food reflects that. Whereas Brian, um, is more relatable, I think, and his food reflects that. Um, but like both equally as talented as, as each other. Mm -hmm. Who is the chef that like, yeah, I mean, you're obviously such a a like big and like well known part of this like chef and community. But like, who is the chef that you are starstruck by? Um, I wouldn't say starstruck. I think I have. I think I have immense respect for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Okay. Um, and it's interesting because even when I meet a chef now for the first time, like a celebrity chef someone big um i don't necessarily i i I more so feel like i know them than am in awe by them and i think Mm. that that's actually a really lovely thing um you know the friendships that i've made with people that i've shot shows with even in the last year you know i just shot barbecue brawl with bobby flay and michael simon and i had never met michael simon and now i would consider him one of my closer friends there are people who you just kind of like click with and same with bobby like i had met bobby but didn't really get to know him until recently and and the two of them kind of like i feel like we're the same people you know and as much as i've maybe seen them on tv i i now feel like they're like legitimate friends. And I think that the fact that I have seen them on TV for so long has only made me feel like I know them better, mm. which, which is funny because people say that to me where they'll meet me for the first time. And they feel like they know me because they've watched me on TV for, for years. And um, it just, I think it cuts out a lot of that, like, let's get to know each other kind of BS. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't, I, I you're like, that, Bobby Flay, I know you're a chili master. So let's get, <laughs> I've watched a lot of episodes of Bobby Flay, like many, like I'm excited, many. For, all of them. I'm excited for his new book to come out. I'm, I, I love, I love a cookbook. Like I it's, said, when are you going to, when are you going to judge on be Bobby Flay? Maybe this season. Yay. Um, but, uh, but though that he's coming out with a book of recipes of 
dishes that have been made on the show. That's cool. Oh, the cool. That's coming up. He also has a new cat food line. <laughs> made by Nacho. Tiny's um, <laughs> like, why do you know this, Haley? Also, why is this happening? Because you have cats, right? Just the one. Ethan will let me oh, get another okay. one. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I get starstruck by, by chefs. I just like, I, I feel like I'm in a community of supportive people and, and mm. get to know people quickly. And, and you have people you click with and then you have people you don't click with. And, um, you know, we all have our circles. Did Carson Cressley tell you any gossip about this season of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star 6? Is it airing? Is it airing right now? It just started on Paramount Plus because he's shooting right now. Okay, so it's he's shooting and it's airing simultaneously. Yeah, I think Um, I think they're probably do the they're probably doing like the a regular season right now. No, when I spent my five six weeks with Carson Kressley, that was in March, um, and we've tried to connect a couple times since he's been in town shooting, uh, and it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, But he is one of my. He really made my time in in Texas on set so pleasant and entertaining, and um, he's he's really such a funny. He's a, he's a hysterical person. Um, but he's also he's one of those people where like he turns it off at the end of the day. Like oh, okay. I think he exhausts himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I then like goes back to his room and and chills. yeah, needs to decompress. Yeah. I identify with that. I, <laughs> it makes me feel better. <laughs> I like to be out. I'm a social person. I'm like, well, we're done shooting. What are we going to do? Yeah, I'm like, let's get drinks after this. Yay. Like, I was even thinking, like, putting myself in your shoes of, like, showing up at, for the last four episodes. I would have so much FOMO about what was happening while, A, before I got there, and B, like, while I was in quarantine for that week. I'd be, like, looking out the window, like, what are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> Melissa, Melissa was like dropping food at my door and she'd knock on the door and run away because we weren't supposed to see each other face to face. And I'd like open my door and be like ramen. It was really, it was oh. really sweet. That sounds like the dream. Open your door and there's ramen. Yeah. Yeah. And not like delivered by Melissa. Yeah, for delivery. That'd be great. Yeah. <sighs> What else? What else? Brooke, we always finish every episode by um, talking about what we've been cooking and or making this week. Uh, you're a professional chef. What have you been cooking and or making? Well, I was in Costa Rica last week, um, so I was making mm. fish tacos. Oh, my God. Yum. And um, and drinking a lot of margaritas. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your go-to margarita? Like a regular Cadillac margarita? Kind of straight up? Do you go for like the spicy margaritas? Like, is there, is there a specific... Fave that you have, margarita. I do like a spicy margarita. I'm a big fan of, a, you know, a, a serrano in my in my margarita, or maybe a little watermelon. Um, mm. But I will say that I'm kind of almost a like tequila lime juice purist. Purist, yeah. um, like fresh lime. I hate a, like concentrated lime margarita or like a margarita mix. Um, yeah, fr- fresh lime is my is my jam. Maybe some passion fruit. I don't know, like mm. a good, like a good citrus. Yeah, something some refreshing higher, higher right lemon. now. Yeah, like that sounds great right now, and it's like it really 11, sounds fantastic. It's only eleven twelve. It's yeah, Sunday, but it's two twelve here. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's your favorite thing on your menu right now at your restaurant? Mm, um, that's that's tough. I I I have a great 
okra side dish uh, that I'm really digging. It has like a Fresno chili and harissa vinaigrette, um, lots of garlic. And then the okra is just split down the center and then, and like charred on the plancha and, um, and some crispy prosciutto over the top, I would say. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. And it's just like a side dish, but it's something that I, that I eat a lot. Um, I'm currently writing the menu for my whiskey bar to reopen. Um, July 7th, we're reopening the whiskey bar and that's a whole different menu that needs to be written which I should have been doing maybe in Costa Rica, but um, I surfed instead. Yeah. I think um, you made a great should, choice. Yeah, you should have been surfing and drinking margaritas in Costa Rica. You're fine. So, whiskey bar opening. Yeah. yeah. July. Well, it's been closed since last March. Um, yeah. Because it's a small enclosed space. Um, yeah. Um, this is the one that's in the back of Playa Provisions, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Um, so. So I'm excited for that to reopen. We have like over a selection of over maybe 500 whiskeys and a totally oh, different oh cocktail. Oh my gosh. It that just sounds like there. heaven. I love whiskey. Me too. I can't wait when the borders open and I can finally come down to LA and sit on the beach mm-hmm. and also visit Playa Provisions. Yeah. have my own Playa Provision. Well, we can't wait to have you. Latanya, what have you been eating in and or making over the last couple of weeks? Um, pretty recently, I had a really good gnocchi with some um, vodka sauce that I was just kind of a little bit obsessed with. Um, I had, even though I probably shouldn't have, I had um, a really good, like when I was watching Olympic trials on Friday night, I had a really good um, Bloody Mary, like a spicy... Bloody Mary that I was I'd I'd been craving for a while and then like in a little store that I have in uh, the first floor of my building um, they have all of this alcohol but they don't have any like mixers or anything which is odd and so there was a thing that was like Bloody Mary in a can and I was like okay I'll settle for this but I didn't realize that it was more like uh, like a seltzer that had the taste of Bloody Mary. Excuse me? Yeah, I know. It was all, it's like a, um, what are those? What are like those a white claw Bloody Mary? Yeah, like a white claw Bloody Mary. <laughs> I'm oh. upset. I was just like, why, what have I done to deserve this? Like, it's terrible. Like, is there a hex on my house? Like, so yeah, those are just sitting in my fridge and I'm going to find some sap to like, <laughs> the rest of them too because the person at the checkout you know who they're normally very reliable was like oh my god this is such a great choice and I clearly wasn't reading closely enough because I would never have done that like if if I knew it was like Bloody Mary White Claw so I finally got my like (laughs) like I avenged myself (laughs) and got like my actual uh, Bloody Mary and thank god um (laughs) Um, kind of like simple stuff. Like last night, my sister cooked and she just made like a meatloaf and, um, uh, this cornbread with like, uh, like kernels of corn in it. Um, yeah, that, that I like a lot. And she's not like, she isn't, isn't like a huge fan of like cornbread for whatever reason. I think it has something to do with Satan probably. Um, (laughs) but like, yeah, (laughs) that was enjoyable. And then, we put together just like um, a charcuterie board too 
or um, night one of Olympic trials for gymnastics and um, had, like had just like some really cool but like spicy pepidus there and some and I bought like an entire jar of cornichons which are apparently things that I can just eat. <laughs> like you just like knock them back. I can just like yeah. Did you do like any pickle chips. shots where you where you mix the pickle juice no, with vodka? No, like I can't do those. Like mm. I, I can't do a pickle shot. There's something about that combination where my stomach is just like you've erred, <laughs> like error, error. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's just it's been a little bit like all over the place, but you know, some still some yummy stuff in there. Kurt, tell us about the drink you sent us a picture of. Oh my of god, it was beautiful. Oh, um, it was. <laughs> it looks. It looks more complex than it was. So it's uh, uh, my birthday weekend. So I'm treating myself to a bunch of stuff. It typically, um, I go crazy on Gold Belly and try to time all the deliveries so that they they arrive. So, but uh, one of my good friends came into town. We went to this tiki bar across the across the street, and it, it, it was basically I think it was called the Don Johnson. It was basically like your you know <laughs> your, your, your cruise slushy. It was like half strawberry daiquiri, half pina colada. I had I was a really say, and it has to be pink and white, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and then I had a. a I had a great uh, cocktail that was basically just like four kinds of rum and maybe some pineapple juice. Um, but Who cares I had, at that point? Yeah, at that point. It was, it was, four it was, kinds um, of rum. Um, I have a from Dangerous. Sorry, should I answer this? Yes, yes, yes you should. God. Legally in California, you have to tell her you're recording, though. That's true. Oh, I do. Yeah. Oh. What's going on? I'm doing a podcast right now. I have to legally tell you that I'm doing a podcast. Oh, hi, podcast folks. Hi. Can you hear her? Just, yes. yes, actually. Will you tell everyone who is there? Who's there? <laughs> hi. Brooke, tell everyone who just joined us on the podcast. Oh, this is Chris and Kish, guys. Hi. Don't worry. There's no video here. We're just doing a podcast. Hi, Kristen. Oh we love you. Hi, Kristen. We are upset. She can't. Hold on. She oh, okay. can't hear me. Let me oh, take of it. course not, because technology. Now you muted yourself. Not, you mute, you've muted. <laughs> oh, I think because you took your headphones out, you muted yourself. <laughs> automatically, yeah. There you go. Right, you're good now. Wait. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Didn't we almost have it all? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call you back. Uh, I lost sound on everything. You hear us? Can you hear us? You guys, I can't hear you now. Oh, oh no. no. There you are. Okay, great. Okay. Oh, my God. That, no. Sorry, that was a lot. She was like, what are you doing? This is also another person who only FaceTimes is Chris. I was going to say. Um, <laughs> well, if I had that face, I would only yeah, FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> the person who only FaceTimes is Antonia LaFaso. So if my FaceTime is ringing, it's either Kristen, Antonia, or Guy Fieri. <laughs> I would pick up, gosh, any of those at any time of day. That's the most ex- like this day. I think is probably the most exciting thing to have happened in my life. <laughs> Kristen is in town shooting a show. She's shooting season two of Fast Foodies right now, and um, and she's trying to tell me that she wants to come to apply provisions tonight. Um, but I have to teach a cooking class. So I'm gonna have to tell her no. Oh no! Can you imagine? Can you imagine t- telling Kristen Kish now? Just like being able to do that. I yeah. could never. I like, could never. She tells me no a lot. I tell her no a lot. I think that's fair. I sure, boundaries, sure. 
<laughs> Actually, no, we very rarely tell each other no to anything. Like she shows up at LAX at like 11 o'clock at night. She's like, Hey, I have like a two hour layover. Can you come get me? And like, can we just hang out? Yes. Of course. Yeah. I do live five minutes from LAX. That was so cool. And on topic <laughs> that it was just like, kismet. <laughs> Uh, that happened. Wow. Yeah, sorry for the interruption, guys. That was, <laughs> that was the best that was, interruption. That was, that, was audio. that was not an interruption. That yeah. was a welcome. That was a welcome surprise. Yeah. Um, so Kurt, you're yeah. Uh, you're yeah so I, my annual my annual th- uh, there's a steak, mushroom, onion, and Gruyere pie that I get from Dangerously Delicious Pies in, in uh, mm-hmm. Annapolis every year, and it's amazing. Um, I have a Mississippi mud pie in the fridge waiting for me and some cupcakes. Like I kind of go overboard on gold belly. Um, love the site. Highly recommend it. Uh, so yeah, that's going to be some, uh, just stuff in my, stuff in my face, stuff in my pie hole with pie, uh, for the like, next few days. But, um, that's about it. How about you, Haley? Made some banana muffins yesterday morning because I had three bananas that were going brown staring at me. And I said, I got to do this now. Or else I'll never do it. So I made some banana muffins. But my work schedule's just been a little wonky that um like Ethan will get home before I'm done work, so he'll just make dinner. And so I don't actually have to expend any of my personal energy, which I haven't had much of lately. Yeah. Um I just I just need to get re-inspired and I'm slowly starting to get re-inspired, but I've just been kind of in the headspace in which it just hasn't been happening for me, which is fine and dandy. It happens to all of us. But yeah, so that's that's been me. Brooke, like what, truly what a thrill it is for you to join us every year. We always look forward to it. You're so generous with your time and you're truly so nice and you don't have to. Thank you. You guys are super nice too. And thank you for having me. This is always a lot of fun. Plug everything you're doing. Oh my God. Um, Plug some of what you're doing if you don't want to say. No, I think I can't. I (laughs) I mean... My IMDb says I'm an actor, so um, well, you know, that's not weird. Uh, okay, so right now, what's airing right now is um, obviously Top Chef. There's one more episode, and then um, the there are a gazillion episodes of uh, Barbecue Raw on Food Network that uh, will be airing for another, I think, eight weeks, um, and then there's a whole another season after that. And um, I did recently shoot some Guy's Grocery Games. I don't know when that'll be on. And Guy's Ranch Ranch Kitchen, which I also don't know when that'll be on. And yesterday, I was shooting um, Top Chef Family Style. So that show is super fun. I think that might be just on Peacock. Um, So look out for that. Um, And then, you know, real life... um, at Playa Provisions, which is the one restaurant still standing, and um, we're really busy, and it's it's great. If 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 you're looking for a job, we are hiring, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, no, just keep them busy, and and big big year big year coming up. And you're at Brooke Williamson on Twitter and Instagram. Great yes. Instagram content. Thank you. Thank great you. Twitter content Bye. too. It's just less frequent. I don't, I don't tweet a lot. I kind of just like and retweet. Um, Twitter is not my platform. Um, mm-hmm. Instagram is my platform and um, I enjoy it. And if you um, want to know where I am or what I'm doing, that is where to go. Okay. Latanya, what else are you up to? Um, 
I will be uh, podcasting this coming week, um, like guesting on everything is super talking about Loki. Um, and then I, we have some stuff that's just kind of in the cooker right now, like um, for the actual Olympics when they occur. Uh, I mean, Haley and Akiva so far that I know of. So don't worry, folks. The biannual question mark Olympics podcast is coming back <laughs> every yeah. two years for the last six years. Wow, we have been doing this for so long. <laughs> oh, <sighs> yeah, it's going to be my first time, and I'm like over the moon about it the olympics are just one of my favorite things that happens ever in time and so i'm just very excited that i get to talk about it i feel like i've made it at this point um so i'm just going to retire after the olympics are (laughs) over as if i'm an athlete Um, (laughs) um and yeah i'll just be like you know basking in the afterglow of getting to have a conversation with Brooke Williamson while Kristen Kish like FaceTimes in because <laughs> I I don't even know what my life is anymore. So yeah. Kurt, I'm, what are you up to? Tell tell me about who done it pod. I started oh, listening no. to it and I finished it yet. Oh yeah, that was uh what, a couple weeks ago. So yeah, back in twenty thirteen, Rob and I podcasted about the ABC series Who Done It. If you like murder mysteries and competition reality, it was a fun little one season show that was a moment in time. And uh yeah, we just kinda did a retrospective. It's on it's on Rob's network and uh that was it was good kinda to revisit something that happened eight years ago. Yeah. And it was, that was not reflective of the now. <laughs> <laughs> um Bachelorette's back, baby. Catch me over there talking about all of the disappointments. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'll be on that at some point, too. At some point. Definitely. When, yep, we're going to, we're going to look at our schedules and you're going to come talk to us about it. I'm shocked you didn't ask me about Antonia LaFasso's appearance. Oh my God. I forgot. It was so long ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Wait. wait, Does does Ben coach you, Jim? Yeah. You know Ben. I know Ben. Um, well, through Antonia, really. I mean, I started working out at, at this gym because of Antonia, um, and Ben's a, a trainer there, and they're they're very close friends. And um, it was hysterical watching him on on the Bachelorette. And then when she went on, it was like, you know, because of the pandemic, they couldn't fly in his family for for a family visit, and um, so she was like his backup mother figure and she literally was like he he called her that and she like looked at him and she was like do you not want me to have sex ever again in, <laughs> in my life like you're calling me your mother like what just outstanding work yeah. i know i was yeah. like why is nobody talking about how she was like she she was like i figured i'd do it like the people who watch the bachelorette aren't the people who watch top chef and i was like i think you're underestimating the people watch both shows yeah i mean there's two right here twitter was like going insane and she's like i had no idea this would happen and then people were like tweeting me asking when i was gonna end up on the bachelorette that was me i tweeted you I yeah. said I can't wait for Brooke to be my family visit when yeah. I'm on the Bachelor. Or or just like send your husband off in that Ford F one fifty and become a contestant on the Bachelor. Just do it for fun. I'll Something think about that. I'll think about that. Yeah. Oh gosh. So yeah, Bachelor Podcast. I was also I also 
join Kirsten McInnes, Brian Scally, and Puya Zambakili to talk about Too Hot to Handle this week. Um, <laughs> I was sober the entire time. I, I like that we've created the genre of dumb people on an island uh, reality TV. Um, like, why is that something you have to specify? If you listen to it, sober? you would know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was a it was a hot mess, just like the show, but it was so much fun. Um, I don't know. I'm doing other stuff too. Just follow me on Twitter because I'll retweet it at hstrong underscore. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm it. on Twitter at lk starts. Kurt at Kurt Clark. How many C's? That's two. <laughs> at the front and in the middle. At the front and the middle. Oh, well, Brooke, thank you again. This was just an absolute thrill per usual. Fun to catch up. Thank you, guys. Yeah, right. thank you so Great. much. Appreciate and it. with that, pack your knives and head on out. Bye. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.